0: Well, good morning, church. Welcome here this morning. Very Merry Christmas to each and every one of you, from myself, from Pastor Ronell, and our family. What a special day it is to be in the house of the Lord. And in case you haven't yet gotten into the Christmas spirit, can we all say together? Can we say Merry Christmas together? Are you ready? One, two, three. Merry Christmas. Hey, well done. And in case you forgot the reason why we celebrate Christmas, let's all say his name together. His name is? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. We gather here this morning, church, to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and how that one moment in history changed the course of history for eternity. We come with hearts full of gratitude today as we acknowledge the significance of God sending forth his Son born of a virgin born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. That's you and me, by the way, so that we might receive adoption as children of God. And we praise His name for that amazing truth. Amen? Church, I have a word that I want to share with you today that I've titled, God Like Us, With Us, and For Us. But before we get started, let's pray as we prepare our hearts and minds for this time together. Father, it's a privilege to be in your house today as we celebrate the entrance of your Son, Jesus Christ, into our world. Thank you for giving us the greatest gift ever given to mankind and for loving us so much that you would offer your Son, Jesus, to come and take on human flesh in order that we might be saved. On this Christmas Day, we turn our hearts and our focus to the only reason we celebrate this season and His name is Jesus. And Lord, I pray today we would also be a day when we would invite Christ to make entrance into our own hearts and lives if He's not already. That for those who don't know Him, they will make a decision to accept Him and invite Him into their hearts and lives as Lord and Savior. We pray this all together in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen Amen and Amen. This morning, as we celebrate one of the most important days in our Christian calendar, I want to share a message with you, as I've already alluded to, that I've titled, God Like Us, With Us, and For Us. Now, I don't think this is a big secret to anyone here this morning, but do you know that Christmas time should be a time of great celebration? Do you know that it's okay to celebrate Christ at Christmas? The reason I tell you this, church, is because if you go onto YouTube these days and other social media platforms, especially this time of the year, you'll find many videos that speak about how Christians shouldn't celebrate Christmas or that Christmas trees are pagan and many other things that say we shouldn't be celebrating a season. And yes, the world has commercialized Christmas for its own financial benefit, and yes, Just about every nation in the world celebrates Christmas, even though most of them don't believe in the God of Christmas. But I want to tell you something. Don't ever apologize for celebrating the joy of the Christmas season. Celebrate with all your heart. Sing in the shower. Sing while you're standing by the Christmas tree. Sing while you are shopping in the mall. Why? Because you should be filled with great joy that you have a God that loves you so much that He was willing to be born in human flesh so that He could ultimately save you. This is what Christmas is about. And by celebrating this season, we're really just following the tradition of the Bible. I mean, if you look at the narrative of the Christmas story throughout Scripture, you'll see how much celebratory language there is. Let me give you a few examples. Last time when we looked at the life of Mary, can you remember how she rejoices in the birth of the Messiah and that she's going to be a part of this this miracle? In the portion of Scripture known as the Magnificate, which is in Luke chapter 1, she says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For He has looked on the humble estate of His servant, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. That's celebratory language right there. Later on in Luke chapter 1, it records Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, being filled with the Holy Spirit and saying the following He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house. Of his servant David. As we read a few moments ago in Luke chapter 2, the angels praised God and they said in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And then in Matthew chapter 2, the wise men didn't want to miss out on the celebration either because it says when they saw the star, they rejoiced. And listen to this language. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. So church, if anyone mocks you or questions you for rejoicing with exceedingly great joy during the Christmas season, don't apologize. You just tell them, I'm rejoicing. I'm just doing what the Bible says. I'm giving glory to God in the highest. I'm rejoicing in my Savior who has done great things for me and holy is his name. Tell the person next to you, you can't contain my joy. <laughs> you're supposed to be joyful this morning, right? Now, in case you're saying, Pastor, I like what you're saying, but I need more than just a handful of scriptures for you, for me to really understand what you're talking about. If you're like me and you want to go a bit deeper, what I want to do as we move on this morning is focus on three main reasons why we should celebrate the Christmas season. And the first point we're going to look at is God like us. God like us. Now, at a quick glance, that statement may sound a bit wrong because He's God, so how can He be like us, right? But let me explain what I mean. In Hebrews chapter 2, it says, Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us. And I want you to wrap your mind around that fact today, that when God sent Jesus here, he sent him here to be like us. Like us, it says here, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Why? So that he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said it this way in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I love this translation. It says, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. Right? And the first thing on the list, that says, he was manifested in the flesh. And how did John put it? He said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In his letter to the Philippians, Paul included a little hymn about our Lord's coming to the earth to be like us. And listen to what this says it says, Though he, referring to Jesus, was in the form of God. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. And listen to this carefully, by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Church, one of the greatest reasons to celebrate Christmas is because God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus here and Jesus became like us. Like you, like me. Like the person sitting next to you, the person sitting in front of you, and the person behind you. He became flesh. He became human. And when we find ourselves immersed in the realities of our human experiences day after day, and all that comes with it, Jesus knows exactly how we feel. In fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, For we do not have a high priest... Who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know what that means, church? Yes, it means that Jesus was not tempted as we are, but that also means that there's nothing that you have experienced or will ever experience in your life as a human being that Jesus doesn't understand. Jesus is God walking around in a body. And in that body, he experienced everything that it means to be a human. Fully God, fully man, the God man. Now, the humanity of Jesus is not that difficult to prove just by reading the scriptures about his life. Because it tells us that he was born, he grew up, he had brothers and sisters, he became tired, he thirsted, he grew hungry. He became physically weak. Just like us, when he didn't eat enough, he became hungry. When he didn't sleep enough, he got tired. And when the soldiers pushed the thorns into the skin of his scalp and drove the nails into his wrist and his feet, guess what? It hurt. And then there's the most profound evidence of all, Jesus died. He didn't just seem to die or almost died. He died as humans die, He died the death of humanity. And yes, we know that the story doesn't end with his death, but there's no getting around the fact that he actually died in his human body. And Jesus not only proves his humanity by what he did, but think of this, he proved it by what he felt. The gospel writers paint these beautiful portraits of emotion of how Jesus felt compassion, how he was angry, how he was consumed with zeal. It says he was troubled. He was greatly distressed. He was sorrowful. He was deeply moved and grieved. He wept and he groaned and he was in agony. He was surprised, amazed, and was full of joy. He was like us. He was like you and he was like me. And finally, not only did Jesus do what we do and feel what we feel, he thought like we think. Now this is really hard to wrap your mind around, but the Bible tells us that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. Somehow in the complexity of God's plan, Jesus learned the way we learn. He had to apply himself. He had to study the Hebrew script. He had to memorize them just like we do. Now, just to be very clear this morning, Jesus always was and always will be God. His deity is undeniable. But what a lot of people don't understand is that with His miraculous conception and birth, Jesus Christ became human. And not just temporarily human, permanently human. He will forever possess both natures, human and divine. And at this very moment, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. And if we could somehow pull back the curtain and and look into the heavens, we would see him fully human and totally divine. He's up there in his body with the wounds from the cross. And we are going to see that one day. There's an interesting quote from an unknown source that I want to read to you this morning. It says, In the miracle of the incarnation... God, who encompasses the entire universe and heavens, willingly humbled himself to take on the form of a human being. This remarkable event, unparalleled in history, means that the creator of all things became a vulnerable infant, experiencing the same stages of growth from infancy to adulthood as every person. God's own son chose to embrace our limitations and became like us, like you and like me. And I want to say to you this morning, don't ever think to yourself that the Lord will never understand if I tell him what I'm going through right now. He does understand. He's been where you've been. And he understands everything that you'll ever go through in this life. And that's why when you talk to him and you pray to him, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, Let's read it again. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And in verse 16 it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen, somebody. So that's God like us. And let's look now at point number two, God with us. You know, church, one of the most special names for Jesus in the Bible is the name Emmanuel. And it's a name that is used only three times in Scripture. Twice in the book of Isaiah and once in the book of Matthew. It's a beautiful and and true name for Jesus. And in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 it says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. Speaking of the coming Messiah. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, there's an indirect reference to this name in Isaiah chapter 8. But here's how the angel Gabriel used the same name for Jesus in the book of Matthew. Listen to this. He says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God with us. Isn't that beautiful, church? God with us. You know, sometimes we we think of God in his majesty way up in heaven and how we need to worship him there. And we should. Because it is of utmost importance that we hold him in the majesty and the holiness of who he is. But can I suggest to you this morning that he's not just a faraway God. He's a close-at-hand God. He's the Emmanuel who came to be with us and continues to be with us. Amen? He is with us in everything we go through in this life, and He's a God who is there when you need Him the most. And this is really important to understand, church, because there will be moments in your life, right, that you are going to feel very alone. And for someone here today, that might be you. According to certain statistics, during the Christmas season, psychologists, psychiatrists and counselors have their busiest month of the year because many people come unstuck during the Christmas season. Levels of anxiety are at their highest because of fear and loneliness and the realization that the lives that people once have have been shattered, either through the things that have happened to their families, their businesses or through serious illness. But I want to point out to you that as we go through the Christmas season of 2023 and as we soon enter 2024, that God is with us. God is with you. And church, these are not just empty words that I'm I'm sharing with you today to try and make you feel good. Because can you remember the last words that Jesus spoke before you went back to heaven? Look at what he said. This is a promise that you and I can hold on to. He gives us a command to follow and says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And what does it say? And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Church, He never leaves us. He will be with us all the way until the updraft of the rapture carries us on the clouds to heaven. And then we will be with Him in person forever and ever. I don't know about you, but that brings me great comfort. Amen? Amen. Hebrews chapter 13 tells us that He Himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can then confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The prophet Isaiah recorded these words of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 41. And it says, fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Right? I will be with you to the end of the age. So church, during this Christmas season and all seasons of life, Be encouraged that the Lord is with us in our good times and our bad times. Emmanuel has come and he's saying, no matter what you're going through, we'll get through this together because I am with you to the end of the age. Can we give him some glory and praise for that truth this morning? So it's God like us, with us, and let's conclude with the final point, God for us. Church, another reason why we should celebrate Christmas with exceedingly great joy is because God is for us. He wants the very best for us. And I love how the Apostle Paul put this to the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 8, he says, If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? The Apostle John wrote this. He said in 1 John chapter 4, In this the love of God. Was made manifest among us. Listen to this, church, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And I love this. Verse 10 says, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The Bible tells us here that God manifested His love for us. And the word manifest means to make something visible or known. It means to unwrap or unveil something. And so what does this mean for us? That means that at Christmas we celebrate the moment when God unveiled His love for us personally. He didn't send us a message via an angel or a prophet. No, He sent His one and only Son and He sent Him here for you and for me. Amen? Have a look at what Romans chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says. It says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, church, Christmas shows us the meaning of true love. A love so great that Jesus was willing to be like us in all respects, that he would be our Emmanuel, God with us. And a love so great that he gave his life for us. And you know, as Christians, we should be celebrating constantly that this love has set us free from from bondage, from sin, and from the grave. And so on this Christmas day, hands down, I think you will agree with me, hands down, the greatest gift that we will ever receive is the gift of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And let me tell you something, church, it is the only gift that will never lose its value. Would you pass that jersey to me? Church, I was cleaning out my cupboards the the other day, and I came across this jersey that I, I purchased myself, a Lions rugby jersey back in 2011. The Lions won the Curry Cup in that year, and they made this as a, a special addition, you know, because they had won the Curry Cup. My dad was the president of the Lions Rugby Union for about 12 years, and in that time, the Lions won the Curry Cup twice, and they got to the Super 15 Rugby Championship Final on two different occasions, and they almost won everything. And I got to even hold the Curry Cup myself in, in 2015, and if you had to ask me back then if I would part with this jersey... I might have said yes, but it would have been with some great deliberation, right? This was very special to me, I think mostly because of my dad's involvement, but when I came across this jersey a few weeks back, I didn't feel the same as I did back in 2011. And not in any way to take away from the great things that the Lions achieved over that time, because I know that it came with great sacrifice and commitment from everyone involved, But I realized, church, what I really valued back then, I don't value as much now. And it reminded me of what a preacher once said. He said something along the lines of, God didn't just create you to be satisfied by winning trophies or championships, or to be satisfied by being number one in your career, or having everything materially that you've ever dreamed of. He created you to be satisfied through your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's the only thing that will never lose its value. And it's the only treasure, once it's found, that will cause the treasure hunter to cease his or her pursuit. And so, church, as you go home today and as you open your gifts, as you listen to Christmas carols and you enjoy this extravagant lunch together with family, I want to say to you, do it with exceedingly great joy. Because the gift of Christ at Christmas is a gift worth celebrating. It is a gift that has eternal value. It is a gift that keeps on giving and fills the emptiness that is in the fallen nature of every single man and woman that has walked the face of this earth. So on this Christmas day, just thank the Lord in your own way that he became like us. Like you, like me that he is with us, he promised us that he'd be with us until the end of the age, and that he is for us. And remember, if God is for us then, who can be against us? Amen. Can we thank the Lord for his word this morning? And before we leave this place today and we walk out through those doors, you've heard me speak about God like us, with us, and for us. You've heard me use the terms throughout the message today. But let me add one more. God in us. What am I talking about? I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about being born again and allowing Jesus to take residence in your heart. If there is anyone here today that says, I want that for my life. I want to commit my life to this God who became like me, who will be with me and for me. And I want him to live inside of me. If that's you this morning and you feel the Lord has been speaking directly to you, I want to invite you to come up to the front and I would be privileged to lead you in a prayer of repentance and salvation. Because it is a gift from Jesus that is available to everyone, a free gift. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. If that's you this morning, I want to ask you to to be courageous and come and stand here with me and give your life to Jesus Christ. Make today, the 25th of December, 2023, the most important day of your life. Is there anyone here this morning that, that wants to do that? I'm going to give you a few moments. Maybe we can all just bow our heads for a a few moments just to give someone an opportunity. Don't wait another day. Today is the day of salvation. I've said it before and I'll say it again. None of us are guaranteed another tomorrow. If the Lord is speaking to you today, come forward. Maybe for those who are online, I'm going to just pray this prayer. You can repeat this prayer after me. Let's just respect this moment. Father God, I I come to you today in the name of Jesus, and I acknowledge to you that I am a sinner in need of saving. Father, I believe that your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, shed his precious blood on the cross of Calvary and died for my sins. And I am willing to turn from my sin today. I am willing to confess with my own mouth before all these people or wherever you pray in this prayer that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe with every part of my heart that you Father raised him from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior and from today I declare that my life belongs to you. I open my heart to receive your love and all that you have for me. I receive the Holy Spirit of God to lead me, to guide me, and to teach me all the days of my life. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.